Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, welcome to Bustin' Balls. Uh, we do a podcast. It's about draft prospects in the future. Uh, I'm Pat Caputo, and uh, my sidekick on this, riding shotgun, so to speak, is the webmaster, one Evan Jenkins. And the Lions, uh, you know, it's halfway point of the college season. The Lions with the trade deadline approaching. Uh, what does the NFL draft offer to the Lions? What is the NFL draft going to look like in 2024? It's being held in Detroit. And, uh, you know, you used to say that the uh, Super Bowl uh, was the Lions draft. Uh, now it's actually the real Super Bowl. And uh, what would the Lions be looking at in the draft if they were to keep their pick in the high 20s or early 30s. That's where it's going to be, and uh, opposed to maybe trading. They have their first two picks, first and second round, and two third rounders, a third rounder they got from Minnesota in the TJ Hawkinson deal. Now, I figure at minimum that one of those third rounders is out. It's going, and the Lions will pick up some veteran help, and how much should they go for it? And uh, what has the landscape changed with the draft? So I'm going to go over this. Uh, I'm going to start out with, first of all, the, the Lions' circumstances. All right? Uh, there's a column that I'm writing. It's probably you read this while you're clicking on to this. If not, check out the column. Uh, but I think the Lions should be uh, so-called balls to the wall, uh, trying to win a championship this year for multitudes of reasons, which are explained in that column. The question is, if they give up a first-round pick or a second-round pick, how much is that going to hinder their future? And uh, just doing some research on it, uh, the chances of the Lions finding a premier player uh, at that point of the draft are far less than they would be when they were holding the 6th and 18th overall picks last year. So I think they should maybe make trades. What are the Lions' potential needs in the draft? And uh, should they get a rental player? Uh, for that pick. Now, Evan, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, people thought I was crazy when I talked about it on the air, but I'd go after Derrick Henry. I would, because you put Derrick Henry behind that offensive line, uh, your running backs have both missed time because of injury. Uh, all of a sudden, you become a, a you have a nuclear bomb in there, and uh, that's where everything with the line starts, setting up the run with the pass. It helps their defense. And he's a motivated player on the last year of his contract. I don't care if he re-signs with you, if he helps to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, and obviously Cortland Sutton and some others that are mentioned, uh, Patrick Sertain, uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, Judy and uh, Sutton are wide receivers. Uh, Judy with uh, the Raiders, uh, Sutton with the Broncos. Everybody wants the Broncos pieces right now. 
Well, obviously, some of them are going to go, uh, and that would be Patrick Sertain, who's an outstanding player, a cornerback, which the Lions need. And everybody wants a dream edge rusher. Uh, Max Crosby's not coming to town. I hate to tell you that. But you might be able to get a Daniel Hunter. So trading is right now what they should be doing, not gathering draft picks. That's the bottom line. The, the future is now. This may never come up for the Lions again where they're in this position, ever. And while they have you- a better team next year or the year after, it, it doesn't matter. Their circumstances are better because of the schedule that uh, the 49ers and Eagles have. And they blew it last week. They had their road test, and they blew it. And the Lions ended up beating the Tampa team. Pat, what do you think – you mentioned the third-round pick, but what do you think it would take to obtain one of those guys? I know a third-round pick holds a lot of stock. A lot of people look at it, and they're like, oh, it's just a third-round pick. But in the NFL, that's a very valuable piece. Do you think that they could get one of those deals done with just a solo draft pick, or is it packaging picks together? Well, it depends. I don't think they could get uh, certain or Henry uh, for a third-round pick. Uh, what I do think they could possibly get Daniel Hunter if uh, Minnesota is willing to trade within the division, but he's not as going to have as much impact as those other two players would have. You know, that's uh, augmenting uh, a strength. The Lions pass rush is pretty good right now. Uh, the other two players are protecting a, a weakness because of injury. And uh, in the case of uh, Henry, he's one of the top players in all of football, and he could be the type of player that puts you over the top. So uh, to make a long story short, I, I fully expect them to at least do that. Okay. The question is, do they go further? Would they trade uh, a couple draft picks to get certain? Would they throw JMO in a deal? Oh my God! Can you imagine if they threw JMO in a deal? That type of thing. How much do they trust JMO? You know, when you're talking about a wide receiver position. Also, this is a franchise that needs a kicker. Mm-hmm. They need a kicker. And, uh, you know, it hasn't gotten to the point where they've had to depend on Riley Patterson yet, but there could be a game on the line that's just absolutely massive, maybe two or three, and you got to have a long field goal attempt, maybe outdoors. Uh, hopefully, for the Lions' sake, it's all indoors because they've got a shot at the number one overall seed. They get that. They're two heartbeats away from the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, but would Riley Patterson, you know, kick you that 55-yard field goal? I doubt it. Right. And Dan Campbell appears to have like showed his hand that he doesn't want him kicking over 45 yards. It appears he had what a 52 yard attempt against Tampa and he pushed it right. But just based off of what we've seen with Dan Campbell, that he wants to stay away from that. And you're right. When it comes down to the nitty gritty, you have to have that piece. It's a very important piece to your team. Do you think Pat, I know their schedule has been moved forward because obviously the way that they started this year, do you think with the trades and everything that they ever take into account that they might be without their star offensive coordinator next year in Ben Johnson? I don't know about that. Uh, look, uh, I know a lot's made, uh, and I probably don't have the uh, the popular, well, I don't know, popular, the consensus opinion on that. Uh, if you have a good team, you're going to lose your assistant coaches, period. Right. All right. So, and, and I, I don't, Ben Johnson obviously is outstanding what he does. 
but I don't think he's somebody that you put in the category of, oh man, that's irreplaceable. If you got a good organization, you just you just keep moving forward. You find somebody that's just as good or better. And that's going to be something that happens. I know in our town, uh, there tends to be a panic every time something like that happens. Uh, but the Lions themselves, can't they can't panic about that. Uh, they have to, to move on from it. And the other one's Aaron Glenn. If they lose Aaron Glenn, uh, that to me would be an even bigger blow than Ben Johnson because that's Dan Campbell's right-hand man. And that defense, without as many parts, has been better than their offense. So, I, you know, uh, perception and reality often don't mix there. But I don't see that. I think their offense is going to be what it's going to be. And whoever comes in is going to try to pick up the pieces. The thing about Ben Johnson that I like so much is at key times in a game, he's got something dialed up. And uh, I don't know if that, uh, you know, in the moment uh, response is something that uh, you're going to replace. So, and, and I don't know how you adjust to it uh, ahead of time. Now, if you if you were Brad Holmes, Pat, Brad Holmes Caputo, which move would be the most important to you? Is it a running back? Is it a defense alignment? Is it somebody in the secondary? What should be their 1A move that they look for? Uh, 1A, I would go with corner. Okay. That would be. Uh, I've said it all along. They're – they're living on borrowed time the way they're structured. I don't know if Will Harris can handle it as the third corner, but they're uh, one injury away at corner uh, being in, uh, you know, some serious trouble. But, you know, who's going to smoke them? You know, maybe, you know, the Raiders have a couple good receivers coming in uh, and Garoppolo can throw the ball a little bit. There could be a couple games like that. Uh, the injury with Jefferson makes uh, the Vikings games perhaps not as ominous. Right. You know, that to me would be one A and one would be running back uh, because uh, you can't there. You know, Gibbs is not ready to carry the ball the full load. And if you have most of the time where you're trying to control the clock with uh, golf passing, that's putting him in a position that's going to take him out of his comfort zone, the entire team out of their comfort zone. And he could be playing with some fire and you have to run the football if you're that team. Because everything comes off of that. Does the Montgomery injury you think propel them to make a move too? Because so right now it's listed as rib cartilage injury, something that he kind of battled while he was with the Bears too. It, it, it's just it, it's it leads for concern because they do really rely on Montgomery when he's in the game. I mean, we saw a game earlier this year; he had thirty some odd carries. That's not typical in today's NFL. But do you think if they made a move for a running back, it would be more telling to what Montgomery's injury really is or how severe his injury is? I think they have to protect their flank there. And I think they have to look at that position uh, because it is, uh, quote-unquote, undervalued uh, in, a, in a sense, but not for a team that's trying to go for it. Not their team that's set up. That's why – uh, target number one uh, for running backs wouldn't be, you know, just to get a back in uh, who can help you a little bit. Maybe sign Leonard Fournette or something who's still a free agent out there, that type of thing. Although he probably would come in and play reasonably well. Uh, we're talking about if you were able to get a nuclear bomb in there, you could right. probably blow out a lot of teams and you would be going for it. 
And uh, that's what my message would be, you know, to everybody right now. Uh, I think they're like, well, you know, uh, lions are nice story and everything. No, lions are set up in a way. And I wrote about this, that the stars are aligning for them. This doesn't happen every year. No. Okay. And, you know, uh, the schedule that uh, Philly and San Francisco have, far more difficult. And you want to get those teams at home. But the Lions are playing in, in San Francisco or Philly. Their chances in the postseason go down. They're going to win the NFC North. So the goalposts have been moved. So it's gone from trying to accumulate draft picks to, hey, your opportunities here, go for it. And then pick up the pieces after the year. Both their running backs are under contract for next year. All right. And, uh, you know, if you miss uh, a couple draft picks, you've got a lot of players that you already have in your system that are going to have year to year improvement. And uh, it may open you up a little bit for free agency. So go for it now. That's my message to the Lions. That's my message to their fans. And uh, a lot of them think I'm crazy, but I, I would trade a number one for Henry. I mean, I watched him play against Baltimore. Uh, last week, uh, he, you know, the other thing about Derrick Henry, this is something to consider. He's one of the best pass blocking running backs in the NFL. And Jameer Gibbs is one of the worst. So if Montgomery's not in there and Gibbs is their main back, it takes him out of some things they could do in their passing game. So that's it. Now, there's a downside to it. If you bring in a big star player, it might mess up their chemistry, however you want to talk about it. But he seems to be a pretty good culture guy when it comes down to to winning. So uh, in Tennessee, they stink. I know they're two and four and may have some, you know, uh, illusions of grandeur, but that's a really, really bad football team right now. So I, w- I would definitely be looking at that. I wouldn't be going for just a running back. Now, for if you could get Sutlin and you had to give up draft capital, not Sutlin, um, Sertan. Uh, from Denver, that would be target number one. And a lot of folks are just thinking uh, edge rushers because there are some available, you know, like Chase Young or, you know, somebody like that. Uh, that would be fine. You know, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But they have to strengthen, I think, their weaknesses first before they go for shiny gold pieces. Now, what about a back like Zach Moss? He is in Indy right now. Is on right. his last year of his deal. Jonathan Taylor just came back. So his carries are going to go down. Is a back like him intriguing to you? Or is yeah, he more it is. Of, it is. Okay. You know, uh, that would be somebody I would look at because he, he's an inside runner. Yeah. You know, and he's not a future guy. He's older. You know, right. he, you know, he was older when he was taken in the draft and all that. But he's a guy that right now is at the peak of his uh, career. And he's a good player. You know, he's not. You know, somebody, but the drop off uh, from him, Montgomery to him, isn't that dramatic. Okay. Now, when we look at the Lions right here today on October 19th, do you still believe that this team can compete with the Phillies and the San Franciscos? Let's just say on a neutral field. Like we obviously know Ford Field has become hell for opposing teams, which we always knew that it could be. But now it's it's I mean it's true home field advantage. But where do you think that they stand with those teams in Philly and San Fran? I know you already talked about them on the road and what it would be like, but on a neutral field, are well, we I, think those, I think those two teams are better than the Lions. Okay, 
you know, but it's not a wide margin like I would have said, you know, uh, a month ago. Right. You know, it's not, you know, look, McCaffrey is a great player. Uh, Samuel depends on his health, right? Kittle, I'd rather have him than Laporta, you know. Uh, they got Bosa on that team, and they, they've got you – know, they, they're, they're loaded up front, you know, with the linebackers, and their secondary is good. Uh, and Purdy, you can say whatever you want, but he's kind of the younger version of uh, the Jared Goff where everybody keeps expecting the other shoe to drop, and he just keeps doing it. But not so much last week. So, uh, you know, but I'd still take them. And, and the Eagles are – you know, they haven't played well. And when a team's like that, people think, well, you know, maybe they're not that good and all that, but they tend to peak. You know, there's going to be a point where they may peak at the right time. And they're just, they're at the best two, their their offensive line, their defensive line, every part of their team, their receivers are great. They've got depth and skill at running back. And I like their quarterback. I know he, he made a really bad play against the Jets, but he's a really good quarterback. So, though, I think those two teams are better than the Lions. So on a neutral site, uh, I would I would take those two teams, a field goal or something like that. But it doesn't mean the Lions wouldn't have a chance to win it. And right. that's why they have to take advantage of this schedule. It doesn't matter, all right? The big factor is you want them at home. And the way the schedule is set up, the best team may not have the best record if that's the case with the Lions. And that's the why I feel the way I feel about it. Do you so. think Dan Campbell has changed his philosophy at all with going for it on fourth downs? The game against Tampa, now that his team is, is is really good, they got a great record, but against Tampa, you didn't see that many going for it on fourth downs. He was choosing to punt. He tried that 52-yard field goal. Do you think his philosophies are changing that? I don't have to use all four downs to win the football game now. Yeah, I mean it's different now. He, you know, before there was nothing to lose, so why not risk right. it? You know, the stuff he did against the Rams to keep him in the game and all that. Well, hell, even the first drive against Kansas City, he's faking a punt on his own thirty-yard line. And you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah, well, that was you know opening game, you know, right. shock type of thing. But uh, you know, he right now he has to play like he has a, a really good football team. Uh, not like some entity where he's just trying to uh, get it to uh, wake it up. You know, they've right. already they've already done that. Uh, they're a really good football team right now. They genuinely are. Uh, they're not. This is not a fluke. The other part of it too, and what I'm talking about. Sometimes players have career years. Jared Goff is having a career year, so you have to take advantage of that. There's no guarantee he's going to be that type of quarterback next year or the year after. He's hot right now. He's at a point where his experience and his athleticism have hit an apex. So take full advantage of that. That's another factor that you have to have uh, with this. Obviously, Evan, you know, this podcast about drafts prospects in the future, and and normally I don't talk like that. Usually I I say, hey, man, you know, you got to build, you got to do things. Don't be the, you know, oh, you got to go and sign somebody and you got to do this and Really, a lot of times that doesn't mean anything. It's basically hollow words that, you know, come uh, spewing out of people. In this particular case, this is different. This is the actual, hey, it's there. Go for it. It'd be like if uh, the Tigers were uh, five games up in the American League Central and the trade deadline came. And you, you would try to augment your roster. You'd do the same for the Red Wings if they were in that spot. 
And the trade deadline in the NFL has become far more prominent than what it was a decade ago. It, it is very meaningful right now. And this is their last chance to improve their roster. Their last chance. They don't have yeah. any other chances after that. Yeah, it's not often that you got get guys from your practice squad and bring them up and they become stars. Now, do you believe so the Lions currently sit at 5-1. They beat Baltimore 6-1. They beat the Raiders 7-1. The next day is the trade deadline. If they went out, do you think that that would deter them from trading to make them no. believe that their team it is should. good enough? It okay. should. This isn't like the Red Wings last year where they won like seven out of eight games and had two games and you know, have a completely different circumstance. Uh, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they lose this week. But how many games are they going to lose? Hey, you look at their schedule right now, it's like you just see wins next to them after you get past this stretch. I guess the game in, in L.A. against the Chargers might be tough. They play the Cowboys. The or in the Cowboys. But, I mean, you look at oh, their division. Seven, if, they, if they lose all those games, they're 13-4. and four. Right. That's my – we've never yeah, seen yeah. it. If, like if, if they manage to win one of them, they're 14-3. and three. Are the Eagles going to go – Fourteen and no. three are the Forty uh, ers going to go fourteen and three? You go Probably fourteen not. and three. You have two home playoff games and then the Super Bowl. That's what you've got. That's why I, I, I feel the way I feel about it. You know uh, strongly. You know, and it's like, man, if you can get Derrick Henry now, do it because next year there might be a few injuries. You know, there's you know there's all kinds of things that go wrong. Schedule's more difficult. You know, uh, things start to, uh, you know, kind of drag out. And even though you might have a better team and you're uh, a step down the road and your younger players are a little better, you don't have the same circumstance. You know, you don't sit there and look at a gift horse in the mouth and say, well, you know, I really uh, want to stick with my game plan. It's time right. to adjust. The field, the, the goalposts have moved. The goalposts no, have and Derrick Henry is a guy that wants to bang through the tackles, and he's definitely he's come up on the short side in some playoff games. And obviously, the Titans they were never as good as what the Lions have today. My 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 I guess my last question for you in regards to improving the roster right now: Are you Pat Caputo happy with the receiving core currently no. right now as they no. stand? No. So if they could get an upgrade there, you would be good with that yes. too. Yes, okay. uh, they need, uh, but because they have nice pieces, but they don't have like well, uh, the, that uh, Josh but, Reynolds and Cliff Raymond are, are better than what was yeah. anticipated. And obviously, Sam Laporta adds in there, and Amara St. Brown is really good. Yes, but uh, that last spot on the receiving core uh, could be better, you know, whether it's Marvin Jones or whether it's JMO. You know, I know J-Mo made a great play or that it was a long touchdown pass, and it was a really nice catch, but he's not somebody that you, you know, are going to target six or seven times a game and expect him to move the chains. Yeah, he's uh, not so, your possession receiver type guy. Well, you could here, – here's there's a couple guys. Uh, one of them, it's going to be interesting to see, but a player – there. you know, people talk about Hunter Renfro, but Adam Thielen, you know, is yeah, – you know, somebody's going to pick him up. And well, he's uh, playing great too. I thought he was not as good. I mean, great this year. Yeah. He's got he's on a team where he's the only weapon. Period. Period. And so, uh, you know, that might be somebody you look at. Uh, but I wouldn't give up more than a three for him. Actually, you know, uh, because he's a rental player and he's not a nuclear bomb. He's really good. 
And uh, he's not a deep threat. And that's the one thing with JMO they got to make a decision on uh, because he's he can run. I mean, he's really fast. But if they were dependent on some catches or something happened with Reynolds or Cliff Raymond, uh, you know, uh, they might want to uh, have somebody a little bit better uh, than, uh, you know, because I haven't Marvin Jones has not been good. And uh, JMO is uh, obviously still uh, raw. Yes, it's a great way to put it. It is. He is. You know, he's very raw. He, you know, a lot of it is. He just hasn't had a lot of practice reps and some of the other stuff that you need to be up to snuff to be able to play in when the stakes are like this. I fully expect him to make a few more plays though if they throw him out there, but yeah. it's going to be spotty like that. You know, reverses or deep throws. Maybe once in a while they tried to set up a you know little slip screen for him and. Marvin Jones missed the block on it, but there's things like that uh, that come up. I did want to get into, too, a little bit about the draft, the 2024 draft. Uh, one of the players that uh, is uh, playing for a lot of money uh, and a stake uh, in the uh, first round is J.J. McCarthy. He's moving up. Uh, he's been much better this year for Michigan in terms of the things that NFL people look for, more accurate uh, footwork better. He's obviously athletic. And uh, the game coming up against uh, Penn State and the game against Ohio State uh, could be big determining factors. But he's somebody that could end up being in the top 10 in the draft if he's able to go well. Uh, right now, I'd still have him as my fourth quarterback uh, behind Caleb Williams. Still number one, despite what happened. Drake May, North Carolina is a team to watch out for. They're rolling. That's a team to watch out for in the ACC. And uh, Quinn Ewers, uh, I have him. Uh, you know, he's been uh, outstanding ahead of McCarthy. But, you know, and uh, would McCarthy be ahead of Michael Penix? Would he be ahead of Bo Nix? I don't know. I love Penix. So I would have Penix in my top five. Uh, I would go with that. A couple players for the Lions if, the you know, uh, they end up drafting in the high 20s, early 30s. Uh, one player that fits them ideally is a tackle who can play guard from Duke. His name's Graham Barton. Uh, he's been hurt a little bit with a high ankle sprain, but uh, he's an outstanding player. and he, He's versatile enough to play all the positions on the offensive line. I don't know, center may be a stretch, but he would get, be exactly what they need in their offensive line. And Zach Zinner uh, from Michigan. You know, the situation with Jackson and Baitai, uh, Zinner is a very good player and he's going to go in the late North, uh, uh, first round or early second round as an inside uh, lineman. He can play center if needed. Uh, the cornerback position, uh, to me is, uh, the ideal player for the Lions. That's a defensive player. And I don't know whether he'll be there when they pick or not. Is Cooper DeJean, uh, from Iowa. I know Michigan fans are Michigan State fans are very familiar with him. He had the punt return against them. Mm -hmm. uh, just an incredible athlete. Uh, I think Brian Branch was speed, you know, real speed. You know, I mean, this guy would be a Division One basketball player, probably leading scorer on Iowa's basketball team if he had decided to go that route. Uh, just an incredible athlete mm -hmm. and uh, ideal for the NFL now. Uh, that position where you can play corner safety, do all kinds of different things, and they have to account for you on the field. And uh, also a couple players that I would look at a little bit. If you're looking for a press corner, I think the best one is a kid named Josh Newton from TCU. Uh, 
Uh, he may be somebody that would interest the Lions. I think that's a position. And, of course, there's uh, uh, King, King, Kalen King from Iowa, who's another really good player. Iowa has a lot of good players on their defense. For a half-assed team, kind of, they got a lot of NFL prospects, particularly on defense. And uh, I would also think of somebody, uh, Kamari Lassiter, uh, from the University of Georgia as a cornerback that I think is going to be a really good NFL player that might fit them. And the wide receiver that I would look for if I were uh, Mr. Um, the Lions would be uh, Keon Coleman. I know he's one of your favorites, Evan. Uh, Florida State, his, uh, stock, his stock has gone up immensely, immensely this year uh, playing there. Actually, he made the right decision to leave Michigan State. I hate, you know. I can agree with that. It was the best Way better for that young man. He didn't didn't have to take the shots that he took at the school. They gave him an opportunity. But, uh, you know, he is uh, flying up uh, the draft board. So that would be uh, the players that I would look at here who've uh, moved into certain positions uh, the first half of the year. Also, I think a running back. Uh, in the third, fourth, whatever, uh, I would look at Allen, the kid from uh, Wisconsin. You know, you're talking about a 235-pound back who likes to run inside. Uh, he kind of fits the mode of uh, what the Lions are looking for, you know, from running backs. So th- that would be somebody I'd look at. So, But anyway, look, download us. You know, like us on the uh, iTunes store. Google Play Store, odyssey.com. It's Pat Caputo 98, King of the KFC, uh, for Evan on uh, social media, Twitter. Uh, Check us out. You can find us anywhere. I have columns that I write on a regular basis. You can find that. We got a new feature now. We just introduced uh, shorts. Mm -hmm. You got me, like with instant reaction uh, after a lot of the games. And uh, that's on the YouTube channel, uh, TikTok. And, of course, Instagram. So all that stuff is out there for you. Uh, check us out and everything else that we have here at odyssey.com. Uh, Evan, as always, thanks a lot. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.